Welcome to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt Cook and Bobby Brown. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf, the podcast. This is episode number 32, in which we have titled, Ricky Fowler is back. I almost, I almost dropped the F-bomb there, Bobby, but he is, he is back. It's too early for uh, that yeah. quick area, but uh, we're going to talk about Ricky Fowler and his tournament over in Zozo. We're going to also recap the Zozo Championship, since it really was a great golf tournament. We've got the CJ Cup this week. That's where you're at. That's I one am. of the reasons why we're dropping it on Thursday. Bobby had some yeah. heavy lifting to do out there. Congaree Jeez. Golf Club. Man, special. That's the word. Special. Long as fuck. And but special. <laughs> yes. Special. It, I got it, the F- I got the first F bomb out. I'm there up you on go. It's it's not firm and fast right now, folks. So we'll we'll tell you that. But we we will dive into also um, what happened at the Live Golf Jetta mm-hmm. event, which Bobby, you're the one that pointed this out to me that there what? was, and I'm just going to clue in the audience early. There was nobody out there. They, they had Americans. They, they had like these Americans stands and everything out there with like beautiful modern like glass work and everything is like sweets. Yeah. You saw one dude walking around on Sunday on 18. Yeah. There was nobody out there. And yeah. then of course we're going to talk about the New Yorker article as well that came yeah. out about Live Golf because that's pretty telling to coincide to that. And then Brooks Kepka We've got to give a little bit of credit here. I know yeah. your, your nemesis sure. in crime there, Claude. Um, he's back <laughs> with him. and <laughs> Maybe, or according to Claude, maybe not according to Brooks. It depends who you talk no, to. No, Brooks gave him a shout-out during his uh, speech. But it also ties into why guys, I feel like, are leaving for Live Golf who have the similar mentality as to Brooks. And we'll talk about that as we get to the very end of the episode. But let's start off, Bobby. I mean, is Ricky Fowler back, my man? Can, can I Can I just... Yeah, he's back. He's, yeah, he's back. back. And he's back. But can I say something? It was, it, was, it was you and I that when he was struggling, when we first started doing our things, and, and you asked me, you're like, what, what do you think the deal is? I mean, he's always been super laid off and everything like that. But I'm like, I can't figure out why this guy ever went away from Butch Harmon. And no disrespect to John Tillery, his guy, but Butch is Butch. And he was playing, you know, he was top 30 player in the world consistently. With all those wins, you win the players and that kind of stuff. He was a, he was a force to beat there for a while. But, you know, I, I guess guys want to try different things. And, Bobby, you know, it, like this, it is the million-dollar story of golfers, right, that we always try to tweak things. We are always yeah. trying to get better. And so often when we have something really good going, instead yeah. of just harnessing that and really perfecting it, which per- perfect in the world of golf doesn't exist, but in terms of like honing it in and really starting to dial it in, so to speak, yeah, most guys go away from that and start tweaking with stuff. I know. Like I they don't, don't just, yeah, they don't groove it to the point to where, all of a sudden they're rattling off win after win. And with Ricky's putter, I mean, that thing's so good, but you can tell, I mean, especially on Sunday with Ricky, that yeah. the flat stick hadn't been under pressure in quite some time. Yeah, it definitely you, showed. You know, I didn't see, um, you know, because of because for me being on the East Coast, I think it was on from either 10.30 to 2.30 a.m. or 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., 
and I was watching some baseball games and, you know, I was, I was trying to stay awake and try and watch it. But eventually when it gets to two in the morning and that kind of stuff, I start, it I start taking, yeah, it gets tough, but I did watch, I did watch quite a bit of the, of the first three rounds, but Ricky is back. And I, I will say something, all these guys came over, my man included Troy Merritt. They, they take that long 15, 16 hour flight they don't land until Monday morning here in Savannah at 11 a.m. You don't see, you didn't see anybody really out there except for the Koreans because this is the major for the Koreans, right? The CJ Cup, excuse me, all the CJ guys. And um, uh, and then all of a sudden, when the later in the afternoon, you'll see some caddies rally themselves together and they'll come out and walk this golf course, which needs to, which needs to be walked quite a bit because it is a big boy, big boy. Put your pants on this week, folks. It's a big boy track. And um, I had told you that I can't, I'm like, did the Tom Brady thing, right? Like on Saturday, I drive from Charleston. It's an hour and 15 minutes. Um, there's nobody out here. I'm the only one on the golf course. There's not a living human being. And I will tell you this golf course is, I'm, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. My point is, is that at about 4 p.m. on, when those guys landed on Monday, um, I'm going to go walk the front side again because I haven't seen it enough. And, it's, and I'm overthinking everything already before Troy's even hit the property. And who the hell do I see on the phone on the first tee texting his caddy with a putter and a wedge in his hand? Ricky. Fucking Ricky is in fucking game mode right now. And I'm like, he's always called me Bob because of Dustin back. We used to play with him quite a bit. He's like, hey, Bob. Bob. And he has this nickname, Steak. It's, it's on his wedges, S-T-E-E-K. Don't know what it means, but I think he used to stick wedges all the time during college. <laughs> and, <I have> to <laughs> stop, and that name grew with him. So he was out there and he rallied through. I walked around with him for a bit and he was hitting putts and hitting chips and he's so damn, he's so damn golf smart and he's so fun to be around and he's just a, he's just a great guy and, you know, he's back with Butch, um, they've had the baby for over a year now so I'm sure everything's settling down, he's learning how to bide his time better, swing looks good, Butchie says he's only back to about 75% I saw on yep. Butchie's comment and Ricky, you know the deal, you're, you're a golf pro, Ricky's always been laid off, right, but there's things that with that laid off move that Butch, you know, there's one or two things that Butch gives him to think about and, 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 it, and it can work and, and I will say this, you were talking about his flat stick under pressure, well that's, even the greatest guys, even it's funny. I'll tell you a story a little bit later that I walked around with Michael Greller and Spieth and Cam McCormick, their coach. And even great guys like Spieth and Fowler, when they hit some bumps in the road, they have to mentally learn how to win again. Does that make any sense? 100%. Yeah. And I did it. It's know, a I feeling. Went, it's a feeling. And even though my guy's a two time tour winner, I mean, Barbasol champ, bro, and Quicken Loans, you know, he is have put himself in a position a few times last year with some big boys, Cantley and Jordan chasing him down. I'm specifically talking about Pebble Beach where I could sense that my guy was learning how to win again. And he is not, he'll be the first one to tell you he is not, he is not the level of those guys. I'm stating, I'm stating the obvious there, but good for Ricky because he's one of the good guys. He's brought so many kids into the game. He's made Puma a fortune. Dude, and a ton of money. He's still one of the most valuable of, golfers on tour oh, yeah. right, from a marketing perspective. Yeah, for sure. But it was good to see him. I mean, the flat stick for him was always like his ace in the hole. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was always like one of the greatest putters. And, and when the, and when it starts going sideways and you go through swing changes and that kind of stuff, I mean, it's well, you take away focus. You take away focus and it's you've always had the flat stick to bail you out. And when that thing goes cold, then all of a sudden and you're you're in no man's land and and, it, and golf can be a lonely sport sometimes, right? When things aren't going oh, good. It's, golf, it's the loneliest. Golf. Are you kidding me? 
These guys, I give so much credit, and I actually saw something recently come out about that exact topic. Forget who was talking about it. Um, I, actually, it was uh, uh, one of the kids on the Corn Ferry Tour. He, uh, he works with Genkis. Um, gosh. Oh, the, poor guy. Sorry, the skinny kid. Uh, but then you got Matthew Wolf. So maybe they were going through kind of the guys that work with Genkis, but they were all talking about how golf, they just don't appreciate it on like what they're doing and knowing where they're at. And yeah. because sometimes it can be extremely lonely and <laughs> depressing to where yeah. when you're not playing well and you're in front of the camera and the whole yeah. world's watching you, yeah. that's intense. Like I've wanted yeah. to crawl into a cave before in a mini yeah. tour event with like one guy out go. there watching. Like it is terrifying at times to have to go through that, but you're spot on Bobby with the fact that pressure is something that you can't really train for. It is very difficult to put yourself in those scenarios and train yeah. for that. So it's almost as if, if you've been in contention recently, you're mm -hmm. going to fare so much better when you get to mm -hmm that point once yeah. again in the same yeah. scenario because you remember how it felt you remember some of the mistakes that you made and how to correct that like that's what it really is and when you haven't done it in a while yeah it, it fades it goes away you don't remember what that feeling was like yeah. and that's probably the most difficult thing but let me tell you Bobby you were talking about Ricky being laid off yeah Ooh. did you, you see his iron swing that's the one uh, I, that I, I am shocked by I missed a, I missed, I didn't, I didn't see a, no, I didn't see a lot of, a lot of anything. To the driver, the, the driver still flat. Like yeah. that's going to be tough. That's going to, that might be part of the 25% right. that they're just not there yet, but he was right. still hitting a lot of good drives, which Ricky does, but does. the irons were mm -hmm. night and day. He had it in a position, Bobby, mm -hmm. where he had it up high. I mean, mm -hmm. he was on plane to the mm -hmm. point to where he wasn't below the plane like he normally is with his irons. And mm -hmm. you know how he gets over that right shoulder and actually sometimes a little bit lower than the right shoulder? Mm -hmm. And that's how he gets really flat? He was mm -hmm. up in between his shoulder and his neck on a lot of those iron shots. And then mm -hmm. on Sunday, I saw it come back. I saw the old swing creep in. And everybody talks about that. When you've gone through yeah. a swing change, it takes yeah. a good year plus oh, in order least. to get that cemented so least. that you don't when and the old swing is always gonna creep back up when you're under pressure. But oh, for 100%. Ricky, my God, man, he hung in there on that Sunday. He didn't have it. Like he legitimately didn't have it. His putter was failing him, and yet he stuck right there and ended up only losing by one to Keegan. I mean, Keegan yeah. shot two under to pass him and obviously take the win because uh, Ricky had a one-shot lead going into Sunday. But mm -hmm. Ricky stayed right in it. He did not look good throughout the day. And mm -hmm. that is where it's really exciting because he didn't have it for really, I would say, two out of the four days. Because mm -hmm. Saturday, too, he showed signs to where I saw the old swing come in. He got away with a couple of them, and then he didn't get away with a couple more. But th those first two days, Ricky yeah. Fowler is fucking back, baby. Well, let's, so let's stop tooting his horn, and let's, we should give some congratulations to my boy Keegan for getting it done. I mean, he's what a, a gamer. He's what a, a gamer. People have no idea how intense he is and how hard he works and how focused he is. And I got to be super, super close with him, with Dustin. You know, we played all of our Tuesday games together. We turned into really, you know, 
we were we're really we're really really good friends. We share texts. We give each other tips on Netflix shows and all that kind of stuff. So I'm always in contact with him. But he always told me he believed in this thing called bio rhythms, where certain players play their best golf at for the majority at certain times of the year. And for him, he thought his bio rhythms were through the summer, like August and you know July, August, September. And if you look back at his track record, it makes sense. He wins the PGA. Uh, he wins Bridgestone one year. That's in August. He wins a FedEx Cup playoff event in Philly at Aronimic at a big boy golf course. And he is, he's not, you know, he's not, a, he's not scared of the big moment, Keegan. He's been in so many big moments, but he's, he's a little tweaky with his routine and that uh -huh. kind of stuff. And people beat him up on social media, but that's, that's how he, get, that's him. He's always, I played in a hundred games with him at Bears Club down in Jupiter when I was working for for the big fella and he does the same thing even when we're playing with even when they're playing hundred dollar auto two downs or he's playing with mj or something like that that's his way of zoning in and getting focused and and when you get paired with him you know when you get paired with him you never really know you because you're expecting it as a caddy as a player because you've been paired with him so many times and that's his deal but it got shady for him the last few holes i know he boned a bunker shot i, I know he made a couple nice um, and a nice two putt, I think, after he boned that bo bunker shot from like 60 feet, which is, listen, it's all, it's always been the same thing with Keegan, right? He's one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world, and he's a well above average um, iron player, and he's got a dirty short game. But it's just ever since the long putter went away, he's, you know, it's just he can hit some really ranked putts sometime. Bobby, he no? is a fidgety dude. I drove through yeah. New Mexico on a cross country trip once. Uh -huh. where Breaking Bad was filmed. And let uh -huh. me tell you, that McDonald's that I stopped at, I yeah. swear I, I saw 50 Keegan Bradleys doing his pre-shot routine. Yeah. It, it is very yeah. tweaky, but I got to say, it's just his game. And that's why he doesn't get enough credit because he, every shot looks like it's a miss hit. Like every shot, he's leaning yeah. to a side. Body he's language. over here. Yeah, the body yeah. language isn't exactly. Cause he cares. Cause he, he cares. doesn't. But I've, well, here's the thing. Keegan Bradley is a goddamn stud and he's yeah. a gamer gamer <laughs> if you're on yeah. that Jordan side and did you hear his story that he shared recently about how the time that you know he played around a golf with Jordan and then afterwards they're out shooting some hoops and then all of a sudden Tom Brady shows yes. up yeah. and yeah, then I all of a sudden Jordan sends his guy back to the house to go get his shoes because yeah, they're playing a the game story. of horse and then all of a sudden it turns into a goddamn game yeah, yeah. and they're buddies Exactly. Well, Keegan's tight. got that mentality. And when yeah. you started talking about how seasonality might play an effect with, I don't even know what the term was that you threw out there. You threw me for a loop. Biorhythms. I have not heard that before. Right. Sounds like a goddamn pile of right. shit, but right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be true. But the one thing that I can think of here is that he grew up in the Northeast. He grew up in Boston. So guess what? I grew up in the Northeast in New York, so I always suck in the beginning of the season because normally mm -hmm. you go through a winter where you haven't played, especially as a kid, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're going in and playing in golf tournaments in the spring and you suck, and then all of a sudden you get to the end of the summer and your game is just tight, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, why does fall have to like all of a sudden come along because right. it's going to be winter in like no time and my game is finally perfect. So that might play into well, well, only from his junior golf and high school days because he's been in fucking Jupiter for how long right now? Do they even have winters right there? So no, you can but shoot down my be... bio. I'm shooting down your shit. I'm shooting down your shit right now. But it was funny. I was walking across the putting. My shit makes more sense than biorhythms. 
Well, I only, I mean, he's a pretty smart dude and he turned me on to this biorhythms and we start talking about. Is this a real players. thing, Bobby? Yes. It is really this like, is. like aliens like and the president? No, it's just like biorhythms. Guys feel good at certain times of the year or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I bought into it. Is it like a female that. on her monthly? Daddy. No. I'm an ex partier. I'll try anything once. <laughs> but it's funny. I was walking. You and I both, Bobby. Yeah, right. Just once. Though, just something. once. Well, Not I wish twice. it was just once for a few. But I was walking across the putting green um, uh, this morning, and he was there. He's got a, a head coach from Sea Island, Mo, who works with Dr. Mo. They call him with uh, Zach Johnson and a couple other guys. He's a pretty sharp guy. And I'm buddies with his caddy, uh, Scott Vale, who worked for Brant Snedeker forever, and he hadn't had much luck in a while. And, you know, and it was just like the first thing I said to him. Uh-oh, Bobby, you uh, turn up. There we go. Yeah, Technical sorry, difficulties, no. it's, folks. It's, it's, see, this is what happened with my phone last night. It said low battery. Hang on, I'm going to tap the. Uh, I'm going to tap the screen. Okay, we're back now. You're good. I, I, You're good. Back. Back. I see you. You're back. Okay. Sorry, everybody. This is the disaster. <laughs> this is disaster episode 32. But so I told first thing I said to him, I go, there goes the fucking biorhythms angle you had because you just won at this time of the year, and I was just so. I was just so stoked for him because he's just an ultimate professional. He's super cool. He's nice to everybody. He goes out of his way to sign for kids. He's got a great wife, Jillian. He's got kids at home. And he's such and he's such a gamer. And Scott Bale hadn't hey man, it was two million. That's two hundred K for Scott Bale for the caddy right there. That's a Hell big yeah. that's a huge that's a huge lick. So hats off to him. I mean um, Putty played great again. Andrew Putnam with a little T two. We're playing with him this week, the first Dude, two days. I know. He's been a baller ever since we played with him. I've told you in Boston last year at the U.S. Open, and he had a good week. And he, you know, he doesn't do anything fancy on the golf course. He kind of hits it out there like Troy, but he seems to he seems to get it done quite a bit, you know. Bobby, he's got to be shorter than Troy, though. Um, He is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Troy's not long. He's, no. Troy's not long. But and Troy... Troy gets his adrenaline up. I've seen the numbers on yeah. StatCast and all that stuff. I don't I'm talking baseball yeah. now. I've been watching too much yeah. Yankees and Padres. Yeah, left the bat at 120 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. I didn't Good old StatCast. Trackman data. We got yeah, our Trackman track data yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so um, uh, uh, shout out to Grillo, Emiliano. He, he dropped a little 64 on Sunday to pass a bunch of dudes, and I finished it. You know what? I did see that, and I didn't even think anything yeah. of it. Yeah, and he's been on form. Remember, he had a chance to win at Jackson recently, and he had That's that disaster, right. that quadruple. He made an eight or a nine on that par five. Uh, Xander played great again. Like, Xander is the cream of the crop there. Top ten, he finished ninth. He probably wasn't happy with it, but he'll be tough to beat this week, and we'll go into this golf course a little bit later. Um, your boy, top, Tom Kim, T25. Bobby, I mean, was, you can't expect the kid after he whoa. wins Vegas – I mean, you know he didn't hop on a plane right away. That kid, yeah. figure it out, fake IDs work in Vegas, or they don't even ask when you have an entourage. I mean, we used to sneak people in all the time into clubs that were underage. It was unbelievable. But that being said, yeah. you Tom and Kim, no way he's yeah. going to finish in the top. I, I, I said this at the beginning of last week to a couple of friends. I should have said it to you on the podcast last week that yeah. after he won... That kid has no goddamn hope of a top 20. Well, they either play really great. Usually when a, when a guy wins, I've always, you know, you've heard me say this before. I'm like, it would be nice after a guy wins that 
they could take a week off and just enjoy what you just accomplished because it just doesn't happen very often, right? But you're playing so good. It's a huge purse. I mean, he's Asian. He's a big time draw now. And I liked, I liked him too. I like those President Cup guys too. There must have been a casino in Japan because my man Siwoo, I thought he would play good, and he ended up finishing T forty five. But he might have ran out of he might have ran out of some energy too. So you know, well, not hey, just it, him, but Manny might have ran out of like his spiels yeah. that he's been sharing with him. I mean, yeah, Manny's yeah. on it when it comes to yeah. caddying for that dude. And if he didn't have his A game, then yeah. Siwoo might have been a little bit just heading to the casino every night. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Siwoo, we, you know, Siwoo does Siwoo things. So if he's not in contention, he can get, you know, he he's can get so bored. Good, though. Yeah, he's, man, he's so good. I don't know how he doesn't win every year. But I'm like, how does Sungjae not win? You know, Sungjae, Troy played with Sungjae on on Saturday and I hung out with Billy um, yesterday or day before what's today, Wednesday. I don't even know. Yesterday, Billy came off the plane and came out to work and we went and walked the, we went and walked the backside out here at Congaree. And he was telling me, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Troy. Troy fired five over on Sunday, was in contention right off the bat when we were doing our pod, our last week's podcast. And unfortunately, and unfortunately. And he's just, he just could, things ain't going good for Troy. Aren't going good for Troy right now. And the putter, he's still searching for the putter. And I was asking Billy, I'm like, "What up with my man?" He's like, "Man, he hit it so good." And I was watching on Shot Tracker. I think he hit the first nine or ten greens in a, in a row. I didn't have details, but but Billy was like, every single one of them was makeable and a horseshoe and a hard lip out. And they said that Troy came up to him after the back of the ninth green after he horseshoed another one. He's like, "What the fuck? When is this going to change?" So you know, here we are. Here we are at Congaree, and it's very rare for Bobby Brown. I've been to a lot of special golf courses, and as soon as you step on this property in the middle of nowhere in Ridgeland, South Carolina, I can't even describe. It's a humongous property. That's it right behind you. I don't I would have no idea what hole that is. Me neither. It's blurred out <laughs> because for yeah. copyright purposes. But but there's no... <laughs> <laughs> it's a big word for a humble caddy, my man. Um, <laughs> but you knew um, what it was. Yeah, it's just so weird. I roll through here and I'm like, where the hell is like the the clubhouse and everything like that? And there's no clubhouse here. There's a tiny little golf shop. There's like 35 of these tiny little Augusta cabins that are not connected all over the place behind the driving range. And it is a big boy property it is kind of the old it's kind of the old south here it, it reminded me of augusta a little bit like a southern augusta without it the does. Big, it does it does really and it is man i'll tell you i came on saturday i drove from home on saturday um i walked once you go out like 10 is a ways of what 10 is a ways away so there was not one person on the property didn't have a yardage book and i'm like oh this might be good i can just kind of look and see what it sometimes, looks like be yeah. before sometimes but i'm used to creature of habit i'm used to our books and they have everything in there that you need to know so i'm walking through like the first nine holes and i'm like where am i right i don't even i wouldn't even know as the crow flies where to get back to the clubhouse and then i stumbled onto number 10 then i stumbled onto number 11 and then i noticed after 11 18 t 12 t goes over 18 t and then i made it back there so i walked 12 holes then i came right back on sunday and walked the same 12 holes because i just wanted more repetitions and more repetitions and it's been my experience that if your player's not if your player's not playing that good the harder you work something good happens right something usually good happens to those who work hard in anything in anything in life so this time i went through and i had a yardage book and i picked up jason day on the second hole and um uh, he looks he looks pretty good but 
I did a little bit of work, but man, I got to tell you, I was like, after like, after like five holes or six holes, I'm like, this is going to be a handful for my man, because this thing on paper is like 7,600 yards, but it feels like it's 8,500 yards. And, and let me tell you folks why it's because you have two fucking par fours that are 540 yards. You have one that is 520, one that is 510, one that is 490 on Sunday. Everything's kind of a tight, thin lie, Bermuda strain of something, and there's a bunch of bumps. And so it was moving firm and fast on Sunday, but we had this cold snap that just came in this morning where it was literally 37 degrees. And I was ragging on some officials when I was walking around. I'm like, there is no fucking way that you guys can put these tee backs. I didn't say F to an official, but 540 yards. There's no way you can do that because you were giving, there's four guys or five guys that can win. Bobby's fighting like, for his man here. I fucking I love this, Bobby. My God, this competitive, just aggressiveness that's Not coming fair. out of you the past couple of weeks yeah. is just fucking incredible. I love it. Well, I'm on a mission right now, bro. I'm on a mission because we are... You know, I told you the uh, last week, I'm like, oh, my God, we're not playing good. And I had to slap myself into into form. Number one, we played two tournaments. Number one, we played two tournaments and missed one cut, made one cut and haven't made any putts. So then I came out here with all these great visions. But I'm a I'm, I'm a realist, you know. And so Troy, Bobby, get that realist out of you. I'm trying to knock it out of it. Get out of you. It didn't help when the boss came out yesterday and played 18 holes and we stand in on number three and I have three all figured out. It's a three wood out to the right. Oh, you know, no. And he can, trumped you on they, it because they, you listen, haven't been listen, vocal. It's a, four, it's a 245 carryover water, which grows all the way up the left side. They're going to throw the tee up. It could be 320 front edge. I watched Jason Day strike five, five woods down the middle where you're supposed to hit it. And, you know, I'm like, he's like, what is this? You know, and he's like, I, I'm describing the whole to him. He's looking at his yardage book and he pulls a three wood into the water. Right. And he goes, it's fucking driver. He's never said that to me before in his life. Right. And I'm like, what I wanted to say was I've been out here for three fucking days, motherfucker, looking, walking myself into a fucking tizzy, trying to learn this golf course to help find one thing that's going to help you. And I've been over it three times, but that's what caddies do. They go and they work first. They map out what they think the game plan is going to be. And then big boss comes through because big boss is better at figuring out a golf course than any caddy on the planet. I don't care who you are. That's, and not then, true, Bobby. I will fight you on that one yeah, all day. Well, no. The, That's why there's coaches in every sport. Well, I'm telling you, a caddy can be a sight coach more than a swing coach. That's for sure. So no, he was kind of ragging on me. He pulls out driver. He hits it into this waste bunker. And you're not probably – there's tons of waste bunkers out here. And you're probably not going to make worse than par, you know, but you're taking the water out of play with drive. But I was hurt. My feelings were hurt. You, you know? should have. Yeah. yeah, and then we he goes, this is the stupidest hole ever. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's here. Here we go. You know, he hasn't even seen the teeth of the golf course. Oh, he's going to play then great we, this week. Then we I roll up it. to number four. Jesus, please tell me you know what you're talking about. <laughs> then we roll up to number four, which is a par five that's 650 yards, 645 yards. And he looks at me and goes, what's this shit? And I just didn't know what to say. And I looked at him and I go, listen, you can't fucking play Hilton Head 14 weeks out of the year. Because if you did, you'd make $8 million a year. What a so, fucking lie from Bobby. Yeah. Proud. Yeah, and I told him, suck it up, suck it up, and hit fairways. And if the putter gets hot, dude, and that's so, amazing. So, and he's got jet lag from Japan, and he's oh, just in of a course. Yeah, he's in a pissy mood. And then we get to like number six, which is like 520 yard par four, and he's going on and on. And then we get to 
eight, which is a 540, and he pipes one down the middle, and we got like 248 hole, right? 248 hole to a raised green. There's tons of runoffs. It's tight. It just reeks of disaster. Every hole reeks of disaster other than the first four. So he hits this cut three wood there to like 20 feet. And I'm like, God damn it. He's like, that was a good shot. And all I'm thinking is, God, why'd you have to hit that shot today and not Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Then you get to nine is about 500 yards with a tiny green with water all the way down the right on the approach. And these greens are firm as shit. The fairways were firm as shit the first few days. They weren't quite as firm this morning, you know, with the cold snap. And he had to hit four iron into that. 17s, 540 yards with a fourth carry if you push one right of 320, which we don't, which we don't have, and most guys don't have. So it's going to be here. Let me just summarize this whole thing. You know what I'm thinking? Eight under, eight under gets the grand salami this I'm week. I'm thinking because, twelve. No, oh, okay. I'm betting you a hundred pennies. Done. I'm betting you a hundred. Okay. Done. This pennies. isn't a live event. Yeah, there, Bobby. What you, what Stop watching Earth? YouTube so much. Yeah, listen, did you go to Google Earth or something and you're coming up with a winning score? Because my fucking blisters on my feet say it's going to be eight under for the last five days. Yeah, but I we'll know see. you're conservative. And here's the thing. No. Based I'm off legit. of, yeah, I know you are legit. And you're, you're probably going to be come correct. Come with your stats and come with your stats of the last time we're here and I'm going to fight you because I know something you don't know about. Well, the here's the thing. The okay. Palmetto Championship took place last right. year at a different time of year. And... Yeah. During that time, it played very firm and fast, so it played a lot shorter, which is why Higo ended up winning. Even though at eleven can, under, exactly at eleven under. At 11 under but right. the thing that's going to separate everybody is because it's a little bit slower and because it's a little bit longer. That's going to play into the guys' hands of Rory McIlroy, of mm. Scotty Scheffler, of Justin Thomas. I'm biting and, my tongue. But here's the other thing. They didn't go to Japan and have this layover that took place. Well, not layover. Layover is the wrong term. It is the the jet lag that you get from going that far. And as you and I were talking off air, a lot of these guys are starting to see it right now. I mean, they're miserable. They're angry. They're pissed off. But this is why I'm going to tell you that Troy is going to have a good week and not to the point to where I think he's going to win because his game isn't necessarily there. I hope that's fair to say. But what I will say is that you're going to have a better week than what you're expecting because, because, and Uh hear this, it's because Troy is pissed. Yeah. Troy doesn't get pissed. And now Troy doesn't have expectations coming into this week, which he's probably had quite a bit going through the end of last year into this year, like he probably got to Napa and thought, I got a chance to win this fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, And then all of a sudden, you know, it started kind of digressing a little bit, but now because he's going to be pissed off and automatically chalk it off that, oh, a bomber's going to fucking win this week. Well, guess what? That takes all the pressure off of him and all of a sudden he can start to play his game and not be so concerned about the putter. Okay, He's going to be more concerned about the longer distances. I'm going to fire out some things at you that is going to make everybody to listen to this realize that you are the broadcaster and I am the caddy. (laughs) So let's go back to Garrett Cago's W when it was moving firm and fast. Listen to me, Einstein. Everybody knows that Garrett Cago won at 11 under. What you forgot to read about was that it was soaking fucking wet. They got six to eight inches of rain early in the week. Yeah, but please. You're right. They played played ball in hand. 
for the first two days, and Garrett Cagle got to 11 under fast. This is fighting your 12 under. He got to 11 under fast, and then it started firming up, and the course showed its teeth, and he stayed at 11 under and got the W. What you didn't otherwise read about was about the six new fucking tees that they put in here to stretch this bitch out like 16 used to be the drivable hole you saw everybody drivable yeah. now it's now it's 360 front now they'll go back and forth one or two days okay and they'll do the same thing on number three but they added so much they added so much length and it was I'm just telling you, I'm going to go, I'm going to go eight under, possibly nine under. And I'll give you my rundown. Wow. You're, now all of a sudden, so not only you're did you throw out eight under, but nine. now all of a sudden you're at nine under because no, I go well, 12? Well, because I listen to you and caddies yeah. are good listeners. That's what we get paid for is to listen really good. But I will tell you the scoop on this course. Get what you can the first four holes because one is a driver and a, and a flip wedge. Two is a, is a hittable par five is going to be a hittable par five if you want to gamble on that with all the waste areas and these waste areas out here i will tell you have all those little like you could call them palmetto bushes or whatever scattered through them so it's a it's a crap shoot whether you're going to get into one of those they're kind of thin but it can fuck with you um number three is the whole troy got mad at me about which is going to be something something but i think a lot of guys are going to be launching driver up there you can birdie that force the par five that's not going to be really hittable unless you're a super bomber and they move the T up. And so you can get that. And then, and then you got a par three over water and then all hell breaks loose. And then I actually think, and I was and Michael Greller, Spice Caddy disagreed with me this morning. We were talking about, I actually think you can get the backside more than you get the front side for whatever reason, for whatever reason, because it just feels like it's more playable to me. Did I tell you that I walked nine holes with Jordan Spieth and Michael Greller on Monday and their coach Cam McCormick. And I never, I've been paired with him a million times, right? And I, you never listen to somebody when you're in game mode, but listening to this guy first time seeing his golf course and his, there's a lot fucking going on in that brain right now. I will tell you that much without any yardage book. And he's looking at certain holes and he's like yelling out shit to Michael. Like, I think I can cover this. And what is it? Cause it looks like it's 300. Michael's like, well, it's 305. You know, he's just super smart, but he listening to that shit for nine holes. I, we finished and I went back in and I walked back out and girl goes, where are you going? I go, I'm going I'm to walk the backside again. And he goes, you're going to walk it again. I go, yeah, because your man's got me fucking overthinking everything out there. Whatever happened to just play to the fat side of the fairway wedge one on and see if you can make a pot. So I'm still sticking to my guns at eight under, but I am going to put in quotation marks again about this place. Special place, man. Like oh, it one is in so a, nice. One in a, one in a million. Players. They don't have Just members the, either. They have they do. one. No, they, no, no, no. They it's do. one member. They have ambassadors. Bobby. Oh, 300 of them. Yeah. 300, 300 ambassadors. Yeah. So they don't allow memberships. They do right. ambassadors. And right. I, I had a member at Desert Mountain that was a member out of Congaree when it first opened. And they right. touted this place. And I remember I'm yeah. like, they, they're like, this place is so pristine. A couple yes. billionaires oh built God. it. And it's just amazing. How far is it from Aiken? Because Sage oh, Valley I, I, is right there, I, I, isn't it? I, I, yeah, no, I don't know. So here's the deal. We are 40 minutes. But you flew short. into Savannah, which is right across the border from like Aiken oh. and... Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not familiar with uh, I'm not familiar exactly in my brain because I'm a high school graduate where Aiken is. But I, 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 can, I can I know that they breed some good racehorses there every once in a while. That's what I know about Aiken, South Carolina. And I know that Scotty Brown and Kisner play have played a lot of golf there in the past. That's all I know about Aiken, all right, South Carolina. Fair enough. But 
I can tell you that it is about 40 minutes to Savannah South off the 95. It's about three miles in off the 95. And it's right off the Highway 17, which is an hour and 15 minutes from my okay. house in Carlston. So it's somewhere it's somewhere in the middle there off of 95. But it is a beauty and it is gorgeous. And these 300 ambassadors, you know, the deal, you know, the deal with this. I don't know the guy's last name uh, with a Z. I don't know who he was. But also the owner of the Houston Texans who passed away, Bob McNair, Robert McNair. Yes, this Robert was, McNair. This was their idea. And these 300 ambassadors, you know the story here, all dues and everything like that, all revenue, all goes to charity, right? Yep. It doesn't go to the golf course or anything like that. It's just a bunch of rich dudes that come out and play their own golf course. They got a max 50 rounds a day. They got a great caddy program. I, I know all this because I ran into one of those ambassadors who's from who's from Scotland, who's has an alcohol problem for sure. I oh, think his first name Dave. Who doesn't from but Scotland? But probably a multi-billionaire, belongs to every club. And he's trying to, he was walking around on the course with me one of the, or on the weekend, and he's trying to give me, and there's nothing, there's two things. It's great to meet a member and listen to their stories about the golf course, but as a caddy, when they try and tell you certain shit, you're like, man, you after like six holes, you're like, man, you need to shut up because your fucking bullet that doesn't get, you know, past Dick High that flies 200 yards and skates another 60 yards is not how these guys really play the game here. So this guy was kind of giving me the history on the golf course. Um, they're known for a big junior golf event here. I don't know mm -hmm. if you read about that, where they take, I think they take ten, the top 10 t international kids and they take the top 10 junior U.S. kids and they all meet up here for a week. And then they bring 48 kids in from a, a whole different country, from all different countries that are really good golfers. They have a church here on the property, a small little church and chapel, and they have a little schoolhouse. So the kids go to church. They go to this little schoolhouse for a couple of days and do some work and stuff like that. And they go out and play golf all day. So God, you got to love South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got to love South Carolina. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> fantastic. It's just so, like taking yourself back to the 70s or yeah. 60s or even the 30s or 20s. I I'm going to tell you, it, no, you're exactly right. And so I was telling you before we before we started, there's it's in the middle of nowhere. So most of the guys are staying like um, in Beaufort, you know, which is on the way to Hilton, is on the way to Hilton Head. I've heard or, of Beaufort. Yeah, 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 Beaufort. It's on the way to Hilton Head. It's halfway between here and Hilton Head, so that's like forty minutes away. So, our boy Micah, you know, Micah, that worked for Scott Piercy, who Fucking I hooked up with, Micah. him about two months ago. Micah goes, Bob, there is a quality in, and I know exactly the quality in, the unquality in, I should call it. So he goes, <coughs> Wow. Zen pouches, man. They say you can swallow the shit, but no. I can swallow way too much. <laughs> well, it could be worse. It could be skull. <laughs> so Micah goes two months ago. He goes, Bob, there's a quality in like 15 minutes from the golf course. I go, I know exactly where it is. He goes, close to this hotel. He goes, 560 bucks for the week. I go, Mike, and he knows I'm a hotel stop. He goes, he goes, Bob, 560. I go, Mike, it's a fucking quality in off the 95. What else do you need to know? He goes, Mike, Bob, let me good, let me tell you this. 280 bucks a guy for the week, and we're the closest to the course. You want to gut it out with me? Bring your candles, right? Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So I see Mike in Vegas. He's already booked it, and I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Spent 280 bucks on a hotel. I know there's some good Mexican food around here, my specialty. And so I see him in Vegas, and he goes, oh, Bob. He goes, I just want to say thanks for hooking me up with SH Kim, but all the he's a CJ guy, you know, he's a CJ logistics guy. So all the CJ players and their caddies get free hotel rooms at the Spring Hill Suites in Bluffton. He goes, I just oh, want to say thanks. You can have the room. You can have the room by yourself. And I'm like, mm, okay. Uh, he goes, and I'm gonna pay for it. And I'm like, 
oh, okay. And he goes, All and right. if we do really good, I'm going to take care of you, Bob, you know? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So listen to this. Was so Micah I get hammered him. when he said all of this? <laughs> no, this sounds like a drunk talk. This sounds like a drunk talk. Like, oh, no. Bobby, don't worry about but it. I got but, you. But the first thing I thought was, why is he not fucking inviting me to stay at the Spring Hill Suites? Because I've never stayed at a bad Marriott uh, property in my life. Fairfield. Fairfields can be sketched sometimes, but courtyards and Spring Hills are Spring Hills are really good in their massive rooms. That's a good so, point. So I'm like, all right. So the, the room was under his name, and I come to this quality and I fall roll in the parking lot, like, oh my God. And caddies always classify when we stay at ghetto ass hotels. It's either a one candle room or a two candle room. So I just bought my two honey apple crisp candles on sale at Trader Joe's. So I'm prepared, right? So Bobby, explain why you need candles. Because it stinks like shit in here. It's burning right now. <laughs> Bobby, can I just tell you? It what? looks like a green what? screen gone wrong behind you. Uh, that right. wall is right. not just like forest green, but there's parts right. of it that like are discolored. Right. People Wait. have been smoking in that room. Wait until the cleaning lady comes rolling by with the cart here in the next fucking 15 minutes later and taps on the door. It feels like I'm on a railroad track. But here's the big, here's the kicker. So I go into the front. I pull in and I'm like, oh, here we go fucking 50 year old hotel you enter from the outside it's not inside entrance and i'm like oh my god what have i gotten myself into so i go to the front desk and i'm like yeah i'm so and so and i'm in my caddy gear come straight from the golf course the room's under micah fugit and that kind of stuff i'm i'm bobby brown he added my name to the room she looks at me she was having a bad day and i'm not going to say anything more than that she was having a bad day she's about 300 pounds overweight your name ain't on the room, honey. And I go, my name's on the room. And that kind of stuff. And she goes, honey, I'm looking at the screen. She goes, oh, there's the notes right there. Bobby Brown's going to check in. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I gave you that ID in your hand. That it actually says Robert, but I go by Bobby Brown. And she goes, okay. You know, and she's still being a bitch. She's not making any eye contact. I go, and the room's prepaid. She fires right back at me. She goes, this room ain't prepaid. I go, yeah, I think the room's prepaid. And she goes, oh, yeah, here it is right on the screen. The room's oh, prepaid. Oh, my God. She goes, she goes, there's an extra $4 a day charge, by the way, there service you go. or something you like that. I go, pay fucking it, great. I go, great. Yeah. Great. She goes, cash? And I go, I just look at her and I go, people fucking still pay cash checking into a hotel room? Like that. And she just snarls at me and I go, credit card. So I jam my credit card in the machine. So she goes, you got to sign the thing, right? So I'm signing the thing. I'm, I got that little plastic thing, you know, that you like sign your name. So I sign my name. And she goes, you have to okay on the other screen over there, right? Oh my and she's God. Like, You're going to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm signing it right fucking now. And she goes, the other screen. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, how my many God, screens were there, Bobby? There was like an iPad screen for the four dollar charge, and then the credit card thing. And this so is at a goddamn what quality in? I'm on tilt, and now I'm thinking to myself, I just fucked myself because she gave oh, me the you, worst room you're on the screwed. planet. Yeah, one twenty-seven. She goes, I go, can I have two keys? Because I lose, and she goes, I'm gonna only give you one key because I'm running low. Everybody keeps stealing. I'm like, who steals a fucking plastic plastic card key? I just so never I turn get, them in. I get into the room, and I'm like. Two single, tw two single twin beds, right? So I'm like, okay, this is great. These hardwood floors that remind you of like a red roof in that I've stayed in in the past. They're right? not so hardwood, like, Bobby. Bobby, let's yeah. be honest here. They are vinyl. They are vinyl that <laughs> have like a pattern of wood. <laughs> <laughs> the story gets better on Monday night. 
So I put my stuff down. I, I pull off the comforter off of what bed I think is going to be the better bed to sleep on. The one that didn't have. Are the you debating pillow. to yourself yeah. as to which single bed you should sleep in? That's what you do. Yeah, go the one away that. from the window. Yeah. So I well, thank you. I did that, but and also the one closer to the window had the yellow pillow, so I wanted the white pillows. So I got my four white pillows. I'm sitting on the bed and I'm unpacking and I look at the front door and I'm like, oh my God, there's a fucking inch gap between the floor and the front door for any critter in the planet to crawl through. And I noticed that night outside of my door is the light for the hallway, right? And I think bugs like lights. So I'm like, get the candles going. I think bugs like lights. Lights. (laughs) I think they do. And they like snacks. And I like snacks too because they sniff that shit up. So I'm investigating the room. I'm dead right now. I got a case of disinfectant wipes and I'm going through the whole thing and I'm disinfecting it. Oh my God, like you're on an airplane. Did you wear rubber gloves? No, 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 but they're 75% alcohol. So I thought I'd be safe even though I'm sober. So listen, there's this little thing in between these two little single beds and there's a 1968 phone. I wish I could show it to you. It's not the rotary phone, but it's a phone I haven't seen in a long time. Wait, do you tap the buttons? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. I think so I was I'm five like, the last time I saw a phone like that. So I'm getting somewhat comfortable. I bought my supplies. The refrigerator's not bad. There's a microwave. <coughs> There's, I'm not drinking any coffee out of the coffee machine because you don't know who's pissed or shit in it. So I'm sitting minding my own business about 10 o'clock at night, right? And something catches me out of the corner of my eye, and I think it's the candle. But no, it's this little thug roll, bug rolling around by the phone. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this motherfucker, right? And I go to fucking swat him and he goes back behind the board, behind this thing right here behind my bed. Now I'm fucking freaked out, right? And I'm like, God damn it. And now I'm on, now you I'm on Priceline. You can't sleep at that point. No, and now I'm on Priceline, right? Well, this stupid son of a bitch, this bug, come, decides to show himself like 45 minutes ago. And I'm in, I'm in attack mode waiting for him to show him. And I get him, right? And he's a tiny little guy. And I go, huh, don't have to deal with that. But now I can't sleep, right? I don't have to deal with him. I killed him. Now it's almost one in the morning and I'm wide awake and I have no gummies with me to take. Melatonin has been backfiring on me for two months now. I'm missing the melatonin window. So now I'm like, for some reason I pop up and I go, what about that fucking front door? It's one in the morning. And I look at that fucking front door and there are two cockroaches this fucking big staring at me. Right. Like this fucking big. So now I'm like, oh, my God. So I sneak across the other bag. Right. And they don't see me coming. I thought they had eyes behind their head. They don't hear, see me coming. And my kids will kill me for this because they hate me to kill bugs. But I crunch oh, both of kill them. Bugs. Yeah, I got too. a bath towel. I got a bath towel. I made it soaking wet and, I, and it's under there right now. And I stuffed this motherfucker underneath the door. So, so they who, think you're who, smoking weed in there for sure. Well, I well yeah, signature <laughs> move. And so there's another caddy staying here, Damon Green, that used to work for um, uh, Zach Johnson forever. I told you he's working for Christian Bezuidno. Buz- yeah, now he's he's job sharing. Great pronunciation, by the way, Bobby Bezuidno. Yeah, yeah. Like it only took him two years to figure it out. I've seen his name on leaderboards. So I see Damon and Mike in the next morning. We're sitting at breakfast, and, and you know, and da- I'm like, Damon, what room are you? And he's like, 1:30. I'm like, Oh, you're on the good side. I go, How was your room? He goes, Ah, it's fine. You know, and I start going into my spiel about the phone and the bugs. And Micah's like, Bob, I'm so sorry. And, you know, come stay with me at the Spring Hill. And I'm like, wow, you got the invite. But I didn't take it it because he snores and he drinks too much and I can't take it anymore. He loves a good martini. He's got the olives. He's a savage. 
So I went to Walgreens the next morning and I debugged the whole place around the corners. I'm probably going to get cancer from it, but I got bug spray. I got my towel underneath. And I, and I, and I said to myself driving back yesterday, I said to myself, you did this for two years on the corn ferry tour. You hotel snob motherfucker got it out because it's free. There's no cut. Your man's been struggling. You're going to make some money. So here, here we are. Here I am. I'm out of breath after telling that whole story. Bobby, I have stayed at some sketchy hotels. And let this me tell is you, as bad as this last is bad as year, I took a cross-country trip because my fiance had never driven cross-country. She's a New York girl, grew up in Long Island, and we moved out to Arizona, and uh, like right pre-pandemic. But we had to go back because we were going to have a, an engagement party and all this and that. And so we decided to drive because we've got a golden doodle that was like about a year old at the time. And we're like, all right, we're going to go back across the country. And we can't fly them because all the COVID rules now like have banned dogs from airplanes. So we're like, screw it. We can't leave the dog. We got to take the dog. We're taking the dog. So I'm like, I've done this trip like eight times from Arizona or to California from New York. So I'm like, we're doing this. And she's like, absolutely. This is great. Bobby, I can tell you, I'm lucky to still be engaged because yeah. I pick some sketchy fucking spots. No, this is the mini tour side to me that I'm yeah. just like, I look at the pictures and I'm like, I look at the price and I'm like, wow, that price is really cheap. And those pictures right. look like good enough. Yeah, because they're 15 years old when the hotel just opened brand new. Or they I put know. just straight lipstick on a pig. And yeah. that has happened to me numerous times. New Mexico is one of them. That's why I can relate to Keegan Bradley's pre-shot routine. And then also, as I moved across the country, there was one in Oklahoma City that got really, really weird. Um, yeah. There was definitely some things going on there. And we had a leak in our place as well as the hallway was flooded. So yeah, it got, it got weird, yeah. but to so your I'm, point, Bobby, you are spot on with the fact that you are in a comfortable inn right now, a comfort inn to be exact. Yeah. Well, and, no quality, unquality, <laughs> unquality. Did I tell you? Yes. And yesterday morning, she's like, she's like, was trying to be nice. And we to check in. She's like, we got breakfast back here from six to 9am. And I'm like, I'm you're like, no, fucking no, Absolutely. but I gotta have, but I have, I have to have coffee first thing when I wake up in the morning, right? So it was yesterday. It was yesterday morning. I woke up and she's like six to nine, so it's six twenty. When you go in through the front door, and I, when you go in through the front door, it's more like these old plexiglass doors that when you walk in, they like fold and open up like this. It's six twenty, right? And I go, and I think the open thing opens, but it doesn't open. She's got a lock because it's sketch territory yeah. here, right? And I bam my face against it, and she's like, "What do you want?" She's like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "I want to come in," and she goes, "What do you want?" I go, "You said it's." Brand Breakfast from six to nine. We're having this conversation. She goes, I'm not ready yet. I go, you said There's six. There's a door. <laughs> yeah. I go, well, you said six. She, I go, I just want coffee. She goes, oh, Jesus. I hear her go, ah, oh, Jesus, like that. She comes in on Yeah, it. she's very Double frustrated secure. with you right now. Yeah, but there's good Mexican food here, and there's no cut this week, so. Why is know? there good Mexican food in no man's land, a, South Carolina? I don't I, I don't know. You'd think there would just be great barbecue and, and that kind of stuff. You would think so. No, great smokers and that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that because living in the South, in South Carolina for a while, you know when you go through these little towns, when you're on your journey, and that blue tent and that families on there with their own personal smoker do yourself a favor folks uh, pull over and pick up some of their grub number one yeah. you're doing the right thing and making them a couple bucks but number two when you lay into some of their brisket or some of their smoked turkey or their barbecued chicken or their grits there there's nothing like it in the south and this is coming from a guy that grew up in 
Southern California. And you live in Charleston, which is like the food capital of the country, people. Like, if you don't know, like, Charleston, South Carolina, if you want the best food in the country, go to Charleston. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, go stay on King, go stay downtown on King Street. I tell people all the time, they're like, is the food that good? I go, you could stay on King Street for two weeks and not kill half of the, half of the good restaurants. There's a reason the James Beard Awards have been there, like, the past several years. It's like, it's become the food cap, because South Carolina, especially Charleston, gets hospitality. Like, you go into a restaurant, and if you have a reservation, they're going to know your name before you show up, and you don't even know why. True. Like going into Hall's Chop House, that guy knew yeah, who that I was. was. My spot. Yeah, I that mean was my Hall's spot. Chop House. I'm giving a shout out right now. You guys do a fantastic job. Yeah. And then I, as I was leaving, really because home. I had one too many old fashions or yeah. Manhattans, I don't quite remember, but they came running out, Mr. Cook, Mr. Cook, and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. You forgot <laughs> and, your cheesecake. And he's like, you <laughs> forgot the tiny portion of ribeye that you had us box. Yeah. And here you go. And I'm yeah. just like, wow, that's. That is quality service at its max. That is the reason why you go to Charleston, South Carolina for great hospitality and great food. It's it's unreal. Best best steak in Charleston is Hall's Chop House. Oh, by far. It's the best steak that I've ever had, Bobby. Yeah. 32-day dry-age ribeye. Un-fucking-believable. I dream about it. They're buddies with they're buddies with Dustin. They're buddies with Dustin. So the years that I was working for Dustin, I can't tell you. You know, I, I just can't tell you all the desserts they free of charge they would send us home at. But, you know, bring your wallet. My wall God, if you could have just yeah. stayed tight there, Bobby. I know. <laughs> you I know. You would have well, made it over. I mean, <laughs> that'll, that'll lead us. Let's <laughs> see how much money he's making on the live tour. No, we won't do that yet. You know no, what we want we to can't, do? Is we can't. You sent me a message a couple of days ago that we got some Aussie boys back in Australia. Ah, that you a message that's a good that segue. They get it going, right? They get on this. They they, get on this. they set up an entire party, apparently. Like, this was yeah. the message that they yeah. sent. And if you guys have stayed tuned to, like, our Instagram page, you'll know that, like, this group down in Australia throws a party together, a listening party, where they grab some booze. And I don't right. blame them. Like, yeah, yeah I, think I they would call do the piss. same damn thing. Don't they call it piss? They, they call it piss I, there? I think so. I think they get on the piss. They get there. on the piss. Yeah. And and then, God, you got me all frazzled over here. I get really excited about this. Um, So they they get together, they get some food together, and they throw a party, and they watch us on YouTube or listen to us. I don't know which one it is. I don't know if they clarified on that. But that being said. Bobby, why don't you take a moment to share some of your I don't really have a person Aussie. I'm not gonna, I don't have a ton of Aussie. I don't have a ton of Aussie stories. I did the World Cup down there at some I can't even remember the name of the golf course. But I, I in 2018 it was Siwoo and Ben on. Um, we were leading the first couple days. Um, and it was just a sick golf course. And, and but I, what I did learn after that is Aussies are cool as shit, right? And 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 I'll segue that into like okay, so my favorite Aussie is Jeff Ogilvy. You know he's oh. he's a handful on the golf course. He's got a super bad temper, but he's one yeah, of the smartest. The he's one of the smartest dudes I've ever met in my life, and he's so you know he I've been involved with Presidents Cups with him, and he's so motivating and he's so damn smart figuring out a golf course. But if you like name if you like named the like the who's the two coolest guys that used to be on our tour, you would come up with Mark Leishman and Cam Smith, number one and two, because it doesn't get any cooler than those. They just roll with it. They have their beers, they do their thing and they go out and they, 
and they play their golf. And all Aussies that I've been around are phenomenal bunker players. And when I was at this World Cup golf course, I figured out why. It's because the way that the bunkers are set around the greens, there's like it's like there's sharp edges. Like the greens, you hit a shot, and you're like, oh, good shot. And then you know, all of a sudden you're walking up, and you're like, where'd that ball go? Right. And it's rolled down into this bunker. So the bunkers, the, the greens are cut right into the bunkers. Right. Like there's no fringe or anything like that. It just goes yeah. from green down to bunker. So I think that's the reason why they're so I think we were down in what they call the sand belt there that has those all those awesome, awesome golf courses. But I just had the best time going to Australia. People were people were cool as shit. All the Aussies I've been around is cool as shit. So there's my props to our guys that are drinking right now are going to listen to that we appreciate 100 we appreciate the support we're sorry that we lost your guys to we we're bummed that we lost your guys to live two of the coolest guys to live but i get it money talks money talks i'm not i'm not upset about cam smith yeah. though because somebody's got to compete against dj on the live golf tour well he hasn't been doing it the last two weeks really hasn't he been playing well neither like has dj <laughs> Yeah. So. And speaking of another, I'm going to speak of another Aussie that I know pretty good because I feel like he put it, but these guys aren't going to like this part of this whole deal. But I feel like fucking Matty Jones is like a fucking super cool dude. And if you ever watched Matty Jones when he was playing on tour, if you caught him early in the week, his part of his practice routine was taking his shoes off and he'd practice in bare feet for whatever reason. You know, that was his way of getting some feel or doing some kind of drills. But I felt like he put his foot in his mouth last week, Matt Jones, when he said guys are grinding to practice harder on the live tour than they were on the PGA tour. And I'm just going to pull up a big bullshit sign on that because I've talked to numerous caddies out there. And if you're James Piot or Turk Pettit or Chikaria or any of those new guys or Jediah Morgan, who I think is an Aussie too, Jediah Morgan, the long blonde hair, good looking kid. Um, those guys are the ones practicing. Cause I've talked to caddies and they're like, man, we just roll in and we play a fucking practice round and the festivities begin. So that's the only negative thing I'm going to say. Is I, I mean, think Matt Jones said the political thing that they loaded his lips for. Yeah. For but he might've been talking about them because think about it. Yeah. If you're a young I, guy, said everybody. I think he said everybody. everybody. Yeah. You can't say yeah. everybody that that's a sales term. Right, so <laughs> that's a lot of so fluff. I love there. Aussie. Who doesn't love Aussie? Not to mention they Dude. bitches in the world. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's my one thing against you Aussies. God damn it! Every time uh-huh. I hung hung out with an Aussie, you drop that accent, and American girls just absolutely yeah, drop their panties. It's yeah. unbelievable. I could Honestly. be in there, and I would get the absolute last of the entire group. And I'm yeah. like, Are you and fucking you. kidding You're a good me? Good looking dude. You're I good felt like I was. Trust yeah. me, it hurt the ego quite a bit, but right. I still love you guys because no yeah. matter what you would say the next day as to yeah. why you got all the girls, yeah, you guys have a great accent. Yeah, it's official. And Aussie, and 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 man, there, it's just not a, it's not a fair fight. What else? What else do you got? We had some. We had um, the, uh, we had the PGA you tour announced. Well, yeah. Well, well, we're not going to go into live yet, but we're we had the PGA. No, I know. But you got it. You're on it. Yeah, our tour announced that we got. Four upgraded purses to twenty million that we knew was coming. Clue us in. Phoenix. What do we got? Phoenix. That's Phoenix. a disaster, and I can't wait. Why Super Bowl weekend? <laughs> Super Bowl weekend, twenty million. But the the, the quality of the field's going to go up, and that's good for Phoenix, who's been a big, huge supporter. Of, who's been a. It's just a fucking. Everybody should so, go to that damn tournament. It's I so know cool. why players Except don't. Except Dustin Johnson because he can't stay off the powder. And the bird's nest. <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever tell you the story back in the day, like 2009 or 2010? He's like, Bob, I'm going to that bird's nest thing. <laughs> yeah, like, you're oh, like, oh, boy. here goes our rest yeah, of the golf I didn't tournament. See for fucking, 
I didn't see him for two days after that. And the next thing I know, he was suspended for like fucking. <laughs> yeah. Can, can, can I explain to people what the bird's he nest is? So people that have not been out to Scottsdale for the Waste Management Open, they have this like made up venue, which now they've started to do it on 16. Have you seen that, Bobby, from last year? What? So no, they I'm set up almost idiot. like concert stands on 16. Like yeah. before and like during the tournament, they set this up. I actually, I don't think it's during the tournament. I think it's before it's and after. Because it's almost stadium like now. Yeah, it's exactly. No, you're, you're spot on. And, and as I was thinking about it, I'm like, no, it couldn't have been like during the tournament. But what they do is they set up this club atmosphere Mm-hmm. with just temporary, like, a temporary building. And they have security outside, and they call it the bird's nest. Because mm-hmm. after the golf tournament... Yeah, it's across every the street day, now. It's across the street in the parking lot. Yeah. So yeah. now you can get even weirder, because yeah. it used to be, especially... I mean, I'm dating myself now. I'm going back 15 years to the last time that I went to the bird's nest. And my God, is it a debacle. Because yeah. not only do you have everybody wasted on the golf course, but anybody that can actually stand that has I, tickets to yeah. the bird nest ends yeah. up migrating to right. this tent, let's call it, yeah. where it's just a club. I mean, it's a club by the golf course that drunk right. people get to go and get more fucked up. Like, let's yeah. be honest about it. And that's why when Bobby's saying with DJ... <laughs> That tournament yeah, was that. done as soon as Bobby got knew that power, he was going. Yeah. For 30 days, haven't seen him since. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of things um, look good you, when you're on the powder. I have a lot of friends. <laughs> I spent some time in Arizona. I have a couple brothers. I got a couple brothers that live there and that kind of stuff. And every year, like a month before, my phone starts blowing up from guys I haven't seen in 20 years. Can you get me tickets? Can you get me tickets? I'm like, yeah, I can get you as many tickets as you want. Can you get me bird's nest tickets? No, I can't get you bird's nest tickets. Bobby, this oh, is a great time. Come. Can you get me bird's nest tickets to this year, <laughs> please? Can, can you make it happen? Because <laughs> I, I have know. not been I in quite some time. I'm getting married in March, Bobby. It'd be a great wedding present. <laughs> I'll see what I, I'll see what I can do because none of the Koreans go. So maybe none <laughs> of the Koreans. You better go grab a couple of those tickets. Working. So anyway, so Phoenix is $20 million. Here's the great news for me. Hilton Head, and my man is a force at Hilton yeah, Head. Is and they And they deserve that because it's, you know, it's one of those golf courses that we, as I told Troy, we can't play 14 times a year. Yeah, but it's well, iconic. Harbor Town is like come on, that golf course. Times. It should have been $20 million from yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones where all of a sudden a guy like Dustin Johnson looks like an idiot because he's trying to overpower a course like that, which you just can't do. So it's iconic. Quail Hollow, the Wells Fargo Championship, where they just had the President's Cup, yeah, that's a beast. is also going to be $20 million. My guy hasn't played there. I guarantee he's going to fucking play there this year for $20 million. And um, And another one that's kind of out in the middle of nowhere in, in is what I call Hartford, but it's not really in Hartford. Good old is, Connecticut, baby. Here we go. Travelers. Travelers Championship. Great golf course, man. Just great golf course. And they deserve it because they've done so much for the tour. And you go to this golf course and there's a little, you know, there's this, it's just this little town and there's a farm field you come through where they're growing wheat and everything like that. And it's not the greatest hotel selection, but son of a bitch when fucking the weekend rolls around, there are fucking people everywhere. And they, oh, you get all the city crowd. The city crowd comes up. They end up coming and and it gets represented really, really well, which is surprising that it's been such a small tournament for so long, but now it's going to get the recognition that it deserves. And what's crazy about all of this, Bobby, is that all of these tournaments should have been this way already. 
Yeah, well, we can, we can, we can, we can get into that. We morning know, quarterback. Yeah. Well, the good news for my guy is, is we had heard through the grapevine he doesn't like Torrey Pines because it's eight thousand yards again and it's soaking wet and the ball goes nowhere. And he cashed out his chips when he made the cut there a couple of years ago at the U.S. Open. He's like, I'm never going back. But the rumor going around around the tour was Torrey was going to be upgraded to nope. twenty. And he wasn't, didn't get off to a good start this year. He's like, hey, you know, he's like, hey, man, we, if that Tory purse goes to $20 million, I'm going to take my tie for 45th place and my $60,000, and, and we're going to play six weeks in a row. So he was pretty happy that I always love going to Tory because I'm a self-proclaimed poem. Yeah, Bobby, are you going to caddy for there. me at the Farmers Insurance Open this year? What, in the Pro-Am? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be home getting yelled at by Lori. <laughs> Come on, Bobby. We gotta I get got you back to San Diego, man. I got I got bigger things to do. I love I love going there. You know, Del Bobby, Marshall, what if I qualify I, I for the waste there. management open? Well, well, listen, the only way you qualify for the waste management open I'm Monday qualifying, goddammit. The only way I see your name qualifying is if I turn that fucking sports page upside down and they go in that order. We'll find That's you gonna back. happen. Speaking of turning, turning Mark your page, words right now. That's okay. happening. All You're right. going to flip toughest, that. It's the toughest Monday on the PGA Tour. You know Dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they go it's out stupid. to McCormick Ranch, but yeah. here's the thing. I've been playing McCormick a lot, trying right. to get that 61, and right. I keep sitting at 76. Right. So it's well, quite, it's quite 60, a haul. You, you do get to 61 at some point. That's for sure. And, and <laughs> hey, After 14 good. holes. Maybe 13, maybe 11. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician I, here, people. Yeah, I got you. Let's talk a little. I'm going to reverse the order on how you want to do things because I want to end with something. I want to start Ooh, with something. But Bobby's got an agenda here, bit. folks. Well, no, it, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's what you want to talk about and that kind of stuff. But let's go over Jetta real quick. We'll go over the Live Golf Tournament. Okay. And I will say one thing. You know, I was, I was watching the leaderboard. I hope none of my Troy doesn't listen to this, but I was sitting at home and I was watching a little bit on my iPad and then I had to come down here and look at the golf course. So I missed the last playoff hole, but I'm going to, I'm going to make this comment. You know, I think Brooks thinks he's Bo Jackson. He's hot shit. And I knew him before he was nobody. And I didn't like the person that he had changed into, but I get it, but I get it. That happens with success. And when you knock off four majors and and basically two calendar years, but I've always said this, a healthy Bruce Kepner can go with Dustin Johnson every fucking day of the week. 100%. Every fucking day of the week, he can go with DJ. 100%. He's, he's a gamer. He's a fucking gamer, and he's something... And he's more competitive than DJ. And he is more competitive than DJ, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So it was nice to see him win. I mean, I don't know what kind of stock you put in that. He beat Peter in a, he beat Peter in a playoff. Um, Peter's been playing good. Yeah, but yeah, well, he's been playing good. Listen, can I just make the bottom line here? There's 40 some guys in that fucking field. I'm going to say it a hundred times. There's 40 some guys in that field. There's not 144 uber talented guys. There's only, I mean, granted that leaderboard was stacked for that leaderboard was, was stacked. Brooks, you know, I'm going to put Uline up there because he's been trending and he was so highly regarded, but he was just, he couldn't find his footing out here. He was life and death to keep his card every year. Um, Waco was a shot, got beat a shot. Neiman got beat a shot. Sergio showed up after five years. Apparently, whatever issues he had over there at Wentworth, when he hurt himself and went to the UT game, were all healed up. So Sergio played good. He was one shot off the lead. DJ backdoored like a fifth play, fourth or fifth place finish with uh, Matt Wolf. Paul Casey had a good week. 
Abe Anser actually made some noise. He shot eight under, I think he probably finished like 11th or 12th. But speaking about turning the pro sports page upside down or the live leaderboard upside down, you're going to see two WDs and then you're going to see fat fuck at six over far, Pat Perez. And I'm calling it right now. If they roll into fucking Miami and he doesn't carry his fucking weight, he is good night Irene gone. But He's Bobby DJ already will, made his 10 mil. DJ will not stand for that shit. DJ will not have a fucking slack. And honestly, the more that I think about it, how long is is DJ and everybody else involved with Liv want to listen to his loud fucking mouth about everything and bitching and moaning? You know, people people that don't know Pat Perez love him, but we know a different Pat Perez, especially yes. me. I know a different Pat Perez. Well, so, uh, Bobby, finished. you remember who my co-host was yes, originally. Well, we love I mean, Mike. My, Mikey's and, fantastic. Mikey's mom my, and dad. Mikey's my God. Dad and they're awesome. great people. They're yeah. great people. They are. Awesome. They are awesome. But it was, do you know what DFL stands for in, the, in, in golf? Dead fucking last. And that's where Fat Boy finished. Six over par, dead fucking last. Take your 110 grand, Fat Boy. Go inject her tits again and get her another lip job and see if you can do something with those fucking alien ears because she needs a little work right there. That's all I got. That's all Bobby I got. Bobby went it. hard there. That was I, almost a Bobby Brown drive-by. Well, I learned this word from Lori a month ago. It's called hangry. Do you know what hangry is? I'm getting oh, angry. That's angry yeah, and hunger. That's a good, yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, I go through it daily. Right. I'm getting hangry right now, and I'm I'm on this big health food detox immunity shot kick salad. Yeah, at least you're not having to get ready for a wedding in March. Yeah, well, that's. I'm, true. I've been going through down. this for the past six months, Bobby. I lost about twenty pounds. You better slim it down, Junior. Let's wind up. That's why you better slim it oh, down. Yeah, we, we, we got to slow okay. this down. But hang on a second. I, I do have to make a comment because Peter Uline. Is this going to take a long time? No, no it's not going <laughs> to take a long time. It's Peter Uline. We've, we've okay, talked about this. Okay. I'm pumped to see that that right. dude finally has found his niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he doesn't He's have to. Dude. He's a great and, dude. And at the end of the day, what you just said about there only being 40 players might yes. be why he's able to perform at that well, level. Well, of course. Of course, because 144 guys is a big difference with all this talent on the PGA Tour than, than 40. I don't even know how many is in their field. 44, 48, or 40. Well, it's, got, it's 48, it's not 40, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Here, I'm going to throw some live numbers at you. So, and this is like a quiz. Let's see if anybody out there knows what this means. $30,758,600. Um, uh, How much Dustin earning, Johnson made? <laughs> to, yes, on the live tour. Per tournament, averaging $5,126,433. Per round, $1,708,811. What is DJ making per hole? You might oh, ask. Yeah, What's I DJ saw this. $94,934. When the first thing I thought about when I saw those numbers was if Austin Johnson is still getting 7% and he might be getting 10, I heard today from somebody, a good source that, that Dustin pays Austin, didn't pay him any of those contract fee, which you don't, caddies don't get part of contract fees or signing bonuses. So if Austin's getting a straight 10%, Austin Johnson is making $9,490 uh, $9, Per hole that his brother plays. So basically, what does that mean? That means that Austin, once they play three holes, Austin's made an automatic $27,000, $28,000. And that put me in a bad mood when I heard that. 
I mean, that would put a lot yes. of counties in a bad mood. But yes. Bobby, let me ask you a quick question here. Yeah. Since you brought that up, and okay. because we haven't heard anything from the PGA Tour, nobody's talking about this. That $5,000 stipend. Yeah. Is it real? Yeah, but it doesn't go to us. It doesn't go to the veterans. It goes to it goes to guys that are out that finished outside of 125 last year. No fucking way. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it is. Let me just say this, my guys. Did you not get paid? (laughs) Not so bad. He also got paid ten thousand dollars in the U.S. Open, and I didn't get my eight hundred bucks for that. But he also throw the big. But he also throw the big fucking. He threw a big bonus at me last year that was unexpected. All right, that's. And let me just say this: he paid. He pays me well. You know, they they raised the pit money and added this five thousand dollars because last year they had this. You get the players get fifty thousand dollars as soon as they play fifteen events, trying to get players to play more. And I wasn't expecting to get anything of that. And he gave me something of that. He gave me ten percent of. He gave me ten percent of that. He gave me five grand for that, and that was unexpected. It's always nice when you look at your bank account, which I do every hour. Bobby, can you ask him this week? Yeah. If he's getting the stipend, because people want to know. No, I'm not going to ask him. No, no. I'll ask him on a week off. Perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. more of what I meant. Like after this week, like yeah. when you guys, granted, you're not going to ask them when you're coming down the back yeah. nine on I'm Sunday. You're like, hey, Troy, about that five grand that the PG no, put out there. No, I, absolutely I would, not. I wouldn't not expect for, you to. Not for, not for four hundred. Not no, not for. No, but our not, audience wants to know. I've talked with several people okay, that so want to know I, I, if I this thing's like real. I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tell you that I am 99.9% sure sure that it's it's guys that finished outside keeping their card 126 through whatever 200 if they're in the field and they miss the cut they get 5,000 and it's for the corn ferry tour guys too because I think the tour thinks that the guys that made they they kept their card uh, you know made a decent amount of money last year. You know what I mean? So they're not hurting for money for travel expenses. Whereas a KFT rookie can miss three or four cuts in a row, and all of a sudden he's in the shitter, twenty thousand dollars. And you know, a, a little a little caveat to that is is every everybody I think in that corn fairy tour in the core category I mentioned before that if they don't hit a half a million dollars, remember there's a half a million dollars that they could take oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, they could get paid. So if some guys have taken out the half a million dollars already, like you can get it in a one lump sum payment, I think. Like if some guys have taken their half a million dollars already, I'd be taking first, it immediately, Bobby. Yeah, well, the first half a million that they make, that all comes, that all comes out. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean so it's, it, not, it's a draw. Salespeople are going to know what this is. Yeah. Like it, it's a draw. It's a like draw. You, you're going to get paid that, but as soon as you yeah. start performing, that's going to come out of your paycheck, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. But the one thing that, I, like, it didn't say, there were no stipulations around it. Like, it was a blanket statement that if you miss a cut, you're going to get no, paid I'm, five I'm grand. 99.9% because I, I researched that. I researched that stuff. Yeah, but okay. the actual release well, from the PGA Tour to didn't clarify that. I know you got to give a lesson or two after this. So after you do your lesson and when you get bored, when you're done editing all my F-bombs and all my shit talking about Perez, Al, which you never do, thank God. I love no, you. absolutely my, not. This is unfiltered. My Aussie slam on Matty Jones bullshitting, barefooted wonder. Yeah, um, it's happening. Just check that out because I'm pretty sure okay. that I'm right on that. Did I mention I'm getting hangry? So when I get yeah. hangry, I want to rush things. That's what I do when I'm angry. I, I but, see that because we still but, got we still got a couple minutes here and you well, know it's getting to where you about, get angry about in general. The, so let's all... 
if you if okay, let's let's tee up people right now. There was an article that broke New Yorker about Liv on the New Yorker. <coughs> and Come on, Bobby, you, give it to and us. Smart ass you, I text you about it, and you're like, oh, I didn't. I already read. It. I didn't know you read the New Yorker. Settle I wasn't going to add it to the show notes, Bobby. Yeah. I didn't know you you read yeah. the New Yorker. So let's talk about a few things that stood out to me about this New Yorker uh, because I I I, I found it just so unbelievable what I was reading some of the paragraphs and some of the things that stood out to my mind was this Saeed bin Saroor Maktoum or whatever who's running who's running the whole fucking shillelagh I'm gonna probably get a catch a bullet and a cockroach tonight for saying that but I'm not being racist about it because I'm sure there's cool Saudis everywhere I was on mute but my god was I dying when you said that but Saeed but so Saeed said you know, I'll go over three or four things because I don't want to do the whole go through the whole article. I want no, to don't go it, through so the whole. Please, God, that but, article. By the way, if you are a subscriber to Apple News Plus, there yeah. was an audio format to it to where they actually brought in like a professional voiceover actor yeah. and they read the entire article and it was fifty minutes long. Oh, I bet because it took me forever to read it last night too. But a few things that stood out to me was the Sai guy was talking about how they had this great idea for live golf and they had signed 10 big names, right? 10 big names were going. And then Phil popped off with the, with the scary motherfuckers and killing gay people and all that kind of stuff. So I took out of the article that Saeed calls whoever the big man that owns Aramco or whatever and says, Hey, listen, I thought this was funny. Well, not funny, but I'm just like, he's like, Hey, listen, this thing could go in the shitter right now if what do you want to do do you want to put a hold on it after what bill said and and he said and the guy's like well what do you think i don't even know who the big man is he goes well what do you think he goes you know what i think i think and he was obviously talking about dustin he goes we we got him and we got six or seven other guys and then we're going to get every mediocre this is him saying it and that's this year right he goes we're going to get every mediocre fucking player hud swafford etc 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 all these other guys you know, that, that are, aren't in the mix. We'll get every a mediocre player together and we'll get this thing going. So that's what they did, right? Let's be honest. Hang this on. Is, I was, what? Hang on. Are you muting me? No. Okay. Here, here is the dynamic that I took from that. What? I don't think that it happened exactly like that. Mm, okay. How do and you the think? reason being is because when Jay Monahan decided to draw a line in the sand because of Phil Mickelson... Yeah. They go, holy shit. Let's not bury this. Right. We're going to get so much media attention. Yeah. That yeah. we are, this is going to be worth billions. You sound like Trumpy right now. I know. I, I brought you out the billions like specifically for that. Yeah. Billions. Yes. Billions. But yeah. that is, yeah. that's, so that's why I had such an issue with what right. Jay Monahan did because they hadn't even taken off yet. They hadn't right. even like announced it. It wasn't real yet. And yet he goes and does that. And then all of a sudden, and think of the timing. Think so they said that they had that conversation after Phil's comments came out, right? Right. Yeah. What did Jay do immediately as soon as those comments came out? He drew the line in the sand and then the Genesis Open was the next week. And then all of a sudden went ham on everybody. They knew they go, hang on, let's wait and see what happens. Well, this is when the Genesis, the Genesis Tiger, you're talking, referring to Tiger's tournament. That's when Dustin and DeChambeau went on record and lied and Perez went on record that they had, you know, 
that they had no interest in going. But I'm going to read something. I'm going to read something back to you that's in front of me right now. This is Soror, this Saeed Soror that runs the tour. I'm going to quote this. Are you ready for this? I called the boss. I said, every, every, this is after Phil's comment. I said, everyone's walking away. Do you want to do it or not? Soror told Ramayan or whatever his name is. He had a plan. He said, here's his quote. Get the biggest mediocres. Get the 10 that we have. Get you and I, and let's go play for $25 million a week. And, see and I happens. call bullshit. I call bullshit on that because if you're a yeah. smart businessman, you yeah. sit there and wait until you know what the market right. is going to do. You don't just throw money at this thing and go, right. oh, this is going to take off because they were hesitant. And that's what I took from that article. You have to gotcha. take it with a grain of salt. You have to read between the lines on this type of stuff well, because they're graduate. never going to tell you right. the full story because they want it to sound entertainment. They want right. it to sound luxurious, that they're well, the ones that made that decision. But no, they were not the ones that made that decision, Bobby. I'm telling you right now. They sat back and go, let's see what happens. Yeah. And okay. sure enough, then all okay. of a sudden, the PGA Tour put their foot in the ground and the media jumped on and they go, we got something. Let's go. Yeah. You sound like Trumpy. Okay. What do you think about this topic? What, if, what do you think about him, Saror, Abid, Mohammed, saying that... They weren't even, they, they never offered Tiger $800 million. Nowhere Bullshit. close to that. Right. Bullshit. Okay. 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 Because that's a quote. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, a direct quote, quote right? from that article. And, and then the other it's thing, bullshit. And then the other thing he said was, you know, he came out on record yesterday in this article saying, listen, I can't believe that, you know, you're not going to allow these, our players, the big time players, to play in your majors and you heard what he said about that he goes if the if the majors decide not to have our players play i will celebrate i will create my own majors for my players honestly i think all the tours are being run by guys who don't understand business well it's easy to say that when you can shell two billion dollars into something and not get when not have one penny of it come back bobby to i shared this with our thing? social media team and i go it's a bold strategy cotton I hope yeah. it works out for them yeah. because right. that right. that right there is just ego. That's, right. oh, I can create history. Right. I can create legacy because I have all the money in the world. No, right. you don't. And actually, you have $600 billion, which, granted, seems like a fuck ton, and it is. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But yeah. also, the PGA Tour brings in over a billion dollars a year. And yeah. that's part of what has actually transpired that I'm excited about because yeah. all of a sudden the PGA Tour, and I know, listen, the live guys are going to demonize this and say that the PGA Tour, oh, you just came up with fucking $500 million more out of nowhere? Uh, that's yeah, because of I us. No, it's because of competition is what it is. It's yeah. because of competition, and because of competition, all of a sudden it's like the cash reserves – you're not yeah. saving it for a rainy day. you yeah. got to get aggressive. And yes, yeah. anytime you have yeah. that, and yes, there's going to be a group that gets involved with that, and that's where me as a businessman, I'm sitting there going, fuck no to the fact that they sat there and go, oh, what should we do? Yeah, let's just throw everything into it and go after it. No, that didn't happen. They sat back, and if, if they were savvy businessmen that they claim that they are, Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to take this with a grain of salt. What I'm saying is if they're as savvy of businessmen as they say they are, they would have they they lied in that article because they're sitting back going, 
Let's see what the PGA Tour does. Let's mm-hmm. see what they do with Phil Mickelson. Let's see what they do right. with his comments. Right. If they all of a sudden bring us into mainstream media and we become a part of like contentious media, everybody knows in media, it sells. Like controversy, the polarizing effect, it sells. We talk about this in media. 100%. And and that's where they're like, it's going to sell. So that's where I feel like they just sat back and watched what the PGA Tour did and they opened up the door to this entire thing. But now all of a sudden flipping gears, they also in that article hired a former press secretary yes. for George yes. W. Bush. And yes. also with that, they've made several mistakes. If you're yes. looking at it from a PR perspective, they were winning the PR battle until the lawsuit from those players trying to get back onto the BJ Tour. What the fuck are you guys doing? That is stupidity. That is dumb. You don't fucking do that. You're winning the goddamn PR battle. And yet you're trying to bring in fans from the PGA Tour. Now you've just separated yourself from being the good guys to all of a sudden. And granted, I know Bobby, you're you, you're going, you're giving me the look like Matt. No, I'm not. I'm listening. I'm listening but to you. It is where people that weren't necessarily 100% bought in to the PGA Tour product that thought maybe there's something better. Maybe, maybe speculation, right? Right. They're thinking. Oh, you know what? This live golf thing's kind of interesting. They got the team aspect. A lot of these guys that are audience members are looking at it going, you know, I played on a college golf team. This is pretty cool, you know, and all of a sudden you add in that lawsuit. Yeah. Sorry. They drew the line. And that's where I started getting jaded on it. And then you started hearing, by the way, I need to do a quick correction. I said on the last episode that it was Lee, Lee Westwood that talked about the yeah. official golf, world golf yeah. rankings and yeah, remove was, official from it. No, that was E-Mac, Graham McDowell. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mixed what, those two up, and I apologize. What have you done for me lately, Graham McDowell? Speaking of players on the web tour, let's go ahead and give an official last goodbye to Mito Pereira. This is the final final for Mito Pereira on this tour. It he is. He signed with Liz. You know what? I got a theory. What do you think about this theory as we, as we wrap it up? As we wrap it up, here's my th- here's my theory on the recruitment. I think they do this recruiting in. I'm not going to put Mito in there, but I think they do it in pairs, right? Like 100% in pairs, like like it's Cam Smith and Leishman, right? And then you can go um, Carlos Ortiz and and Waco or Car- Neiman or Carlos Ortiz and a uh, Carlos Ortiz and a answer. And the reason why I'm getting this, and I have no basis what the, I got a little basis through this, but. You remember how the name Mito was always coming up, but also Cantley and Xander was coming up the whole time. So the, I started thinking about this the other night. I'm like, okay, so the re, they they keep popping off the live guys that they're getting Cantley. And I can't Xander. wait for this. Come Maybe on, here's what I think. Maybe one of those guys, Cantley and Xander, entertained the idea of going, but they had to have their buddy. You know, let's say Cantley wants like, yeah, I'll go for 150 or 200 million dollars. I'll go. I've done I've done my damage here. I know how good I am. But Xander's like, and I'm just doing a hypothetical. And Xander's like, man, I'm not going to go. I got to win majors and that kind of stuff. So my idea is they recruit in pairs, and that's why those two names coming up because maybe one of them showed interest, but the deal was the other one had to come to get the big money, and the other one was like, does that make any sense? East Coast, West Coast, and then yeah. international. So they're right. going off of the model of an actual, and I give them credit for this, of a football league slash also within the American side. 
East Coast, West Coast as to how football, baseball, and everything is set up with the divisions. Yeah. They're setting up teams throughout the world. Look at mm -hmm. their teams. When you look at their teams, they're wanting to sell these teams off. That is part of that New Yorker article that they're looking to sell the teams off for a lot of money. Yeah. And that's how they're going to recruit or recoup a lot of their investment around it. So right. if you look at Xander and Cantley, where are they from? The West Coast. Yeah. Yep. How many West yep. Coast guys do they have on their team? Yep. yep. They're both SoCal guys. Not many, yep. right? Because yeah. they've got a bunch of East Coast guys. They've yep. got, they've, they've got, well, they've got DJ, they've got Perez. But he's South. He's, he's, He's South. DJ's Correct. The South, right? Columbia, South Carolina. But then you look at like Kepka and Uline and those guys. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. mean, Kepka, Florida, Possible. but Uline, you know, more on the East Coast. But everybody so far from the American side is East Coast. They were striving for a couple West Coast guys to grab. Even Harold Varner III. Where is he from? He's Not from really the East South. Coast. Yeah. No, he's North Carolina. He's South. That's yeah, North, North Carolina. North. No, 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 yeah. but East Coast. East Coast. Well, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm you. not saying North versus South. I'm yeah. just saying East Coast versus West Coast. And yeah. that's why they were going after Shoffley yeah. and they're going after Cantley. They were going after Homa. Like, they're going after all the Cali yeah. boys because yeah. they want American squads that are East Coast, West Coast, and then they've got their international <laughs> squads because yeah. you can't go regionally Ooh, within America. You're a smart dude. She's she's when you get married, she's getting the catch. You're a smart guy. Hey, can 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 I go eat dinner now? Yeah, fuck yeah, Bobby. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. God hey, listen, it. listen. <laughs> I wanted to say that let's go ahead and congratulate Bobby Brown and Troy Merritt on another made cut this week. Don't know where we're gonna finish, but we're gonna make this cut and we're gonna let's go, and... Bobby. Yeah, Bobby, I got, I got higher expectations than you do. I which gotta make there's Jack. Th well, all you have to do is show up to make the cut this week. <laughs> I know. I need to make some. I need it. I need to get one of them six-figure checks. But so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. This is yeah. my prediction for Troy Merritt and Bobby Brown okay. this week. Give me some good news. You guys are going to finish top twenty-five. Okay, I like it because I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if we could finish like sixteenth or eighteenth or something like that? You're, so you're in that so range. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you a top twenty though. I'm going to yeah. give you a top twenty-five because I do think with Troy with his mindset right now, and all of a sudden there's all this pressure leading up to this because let's face it, he hasn't performed in recent weeks, which right. uh, I'm going to get canned for this. But that being said, when all of a sudden you stop focusing on the pressure and you're like, God damn it, I'm not supposed to perform on this goddamn golf course. That's right. when things happen. I like it. I like what you're saying, dude. I like what you're saying. Bobby, so have we'll a get, great week this yeah, week. Yeah, we'll right? get a little recap. We'll get a, a little recap um, of this tournament next week. We're going to do it early in the week. I don't want to jinx myself. Yeah, Maybe Bobby, we'll you said last week, night. never uh, going to happen it. again. Never going to happen again. I need to sleep. I've been hunting cockroaches. It's a dirty job. Somebody's got to do it. Bobby and, is out there hunting yeah. these grounds just for the one opportunity yeah. that Troy's going to go, hey, Bobby, what... What, right. what is this, bud? Hey, oh God, let's hope not. It's Bermuda. <laughs> um, uh, and then we'll give a little prep because that Dural team event. Everything straight, up on Bobby. Everything straight on Bermuda. Just yeah. fucking pump it, pump yeah. it hard. And I'm giving good numbers. I'm going to, I'm going to give good numbers and good wind. It's supposed to be light and variable early, but I will. I can't tell you right now, but I got my my Titleist gloves, 
my beanie, all my shit, because it's going to be 36 degrees when we tee off at 9 a.m. Just know, Bobby, Bobby just, just know that I am yeah. training for the Waste Management Open since it's okay. gone up to 20 mil. Okay. And my God, if I make that goddamn Monday yeah. qualifier, you are dropping Troy's bag. You're coming out of mine. We're going to do something special. So just for ending it there. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. I don't want an answer. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more.